first I want to raise two hands. And no, okay, good. Because the reason why is to stop the time. We say that we only have attention time of 20 minutes. And uh, when Moses wants to stop the time, he raised the hand and said, all right, the, the, the sun stopped. So, so that if I speak to one hour, one hour and the half, you only feel like 10 minutes. <laughs> Thanks, Yuan. Uh, now, today, I, I, I want you to think of yourself. Now, we make a lot of decisions, even this morning. Uh, maybe one sugar or two sugars, or coffee or tea. But you do make life and death decisions this morning. When you come to a red light, when you're driving. For you and for your family. And that reminds me of a story. Uh, an Australian arrived in the Malaysian airport early in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, and he hailed a taxi to take him down to the city. It's about 45 minute ride. He was so relaxing on the, on, 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 on the taxi, on the taxi, and say, uh, it was a, you know, a, a long flight. When he suddenly noticed that the taxi have shot through the red light. And it kept him awake quickly. He said, I must watch this now. So coming to the next traffic light, and indeed, he saw the traffic shot to the red traffic light again. He said, look here, what are you doing? Red traffic light. Stop. Now he said, the taxi man said, no, no, no. My brother, my brother. Every time he see a red traffic light, he just shoot through. Oh, that's too much. Then now he saw... Don't know. He can't come up from the taxi because you know it's quite far. At five o'clock in the morning, he keep watching, and then he came to the next traffic light, and again red, and he the, the taxi driver just shot right through, and said, "Come on, please stop when it's red traffic light." And they said, "No, my brother, my brother. Every time you see red traffic light, he just shoot through." And he doesn't know what to do. And then maybe pray. He came to the next traffic light. And this time to his relief, it was green. But all of a sudden, the traffic, uh, the taxi guy slammed on the brake, stopped the taxi, and looked left and looked right. Said, what are you doing? It's green. Go. No, my brother, my brother, he may be coming from this side. <laughs> Isn't the world sometimes like this nowadays? But I want you to focus and pay attention to yourself today. You are important. I'm important. Not in a selfish way. Not in a selfish way. I want us to, to think of our desires. Desires not also that we can cover another person's thing or be jealous over another person's Achievement, not that way, but just think ourselves of desire. And I want to think of ourselves what is it we will want to invest in in our life? Not in a way that uh, we join the red race and compete or to compete with each other. No, but something really for us to invest in. 
We are important. God says you are important. I am important. In that sense. Let's move to the next step. Now, what are important? Some of us, now, if you have a, 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 a freedom of going to get, okay, whatever you ask for, I'm going to give you. What are important to you? Maybe we start off with a red, shiny sport car and maybe move up, maybe another few figures in a bank account, maybe move up again, and you move up again, and don't you think at the real top of the important list is about relationship? What is important that we long for is relationship. Intimacy of relationship. That should be the most important thing and we have to be honest to say that is what we yearn for, not the shiny red pot car. And a lot of people on the left dying bed will say, you know, it's not thinking of how much money they have in the bank, but the people around him at the deathbed. Because relationship is ultimately the most important thing. And finally, about relationship. Who are the most important people of whom you want to have a relationship with. And of course, it's your family. But today I give us, looking around that we have a relationship with the very most important being, person, in, in the whole whatever. Sometimes I think that the God who made the, the, the huge sun or the stars, which is how many, you know, you just can't describe the size or the energy behind that so far away. It's the God who just listened to our prayer. And my prayer this morning, relationship. So we have the greatest opportunity. And it is the story of Romans chapter 5, from verse 1 to 11. Verse 1 to 11. Now I look around. I think that most of us here really actually have already had that relationship. And praise the Lord. You know, every time I come and speak here, I just really absorb the, 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 the level of maturity you have. So I was just talking to Jeff just now. You know, I'm going to just tell an old, old story. And we were just thinking the old, old story. You know, never go old. Only us. Now maybe if I posture it this way, you could use this story to tell it to your friends. Alright? So you can use this story. Now, people will wonder, you know, okay, if God is so so wanting to make a relationship with us, just, just come in, you know, yeah, come into my life, come to my home. The question is, would you invite somebody to your house whose lifestyle and culture is so alien to your lifestyle and culture. So alien that it becomes very irky. Would you invite your enemy to your home? And that's what Romans says. Romans says that while we were ungodly, he shows his love for us. We are sinners. 
Christ is God is holy. Different set of culture. But he extended it. And it also says here that we are enemies of God. And when we are still enemies of God, he actually made the move. He made the move. Now some of our friends who we approach the gospel will find it very strange. He say, I don't even I haven't even come to believe that there is a God. And you're accusing me to be the enemies of God. You have to take them to touch on the inner longing they have in their heart. And you have to take them back to Genesis and say, now, the relationship God gave us through the Bible is not something uh, we thought about it uh, later on. Maybe to solve the world problem, we have to have a relationship with God. Because the relationship in God was built in right from the start of creation. We are given, not to touch, we are given the image of God. We are making the image of God to have a relationship to it. We started that way. And the relationship, the most important thing about relationship is the freedom to choose. Freedom of choice. If there's no freedom or choice, there's no relationship of love. It's fake. But with the freedom of choice, there's a risk. A risk of rejection. A risk of spurning. A risk of stopping the relationship. And that's what we did. That's what mankind did. Started well, given the choice, but we choose the choice, take the risk, and subsequently, the consequences of rejecting the good God, the perfect God, the holy God. And subsequently, we suffer the consequences of that. And our, ourselves, we hurt ourselves. But also our society, the community start to hurt each other. And that's Romans chapter 1. It talks about how the deterioration of mankind is after we rejected God. Rejected God. We know in our heart the yearning, the longing. We may have to unearth it from the friend who do not know. Right? Pray that that opening will be there because there's some cloud there. But there is definitely Roman chapter. I believe Roman chapter 1 says that the heart conviction is there. That there is a creator God. He's a holy God. We are unholy. And there's a longing. A longing to be restored. So we have a relationship offered, rejected. We are suffering the consequences. And Romans chapter 5 and previously we read also there's an offer of restoration an offer of restoration for it says that even before we make the move and we are still in the state of being an enemy rejecting Christ leading an ungodly life almost like clenching our fists and say, God, leave me alone. 
even at that, God prepares the way for us. And it was, it's a costly way. It is a costly way. <coughs> God prepared the way for us. And Romans chapter 5 says about that we are justified through Christ. We are justified through Christ. And and we are justified through his death. We are justified through his death. A very big negative thing when you talk about death. And that brings me actually to the emblems here on the table which we shall partake. When Christ on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, broke it and said, this is my body given to you. It is symbolizing. And I think he asked us to remember this, of how he actually suffered the last night before he was crucified. It turned me on emotionally. He was flogged. And if tradition have it, he was flogged with what we call the cat of nine tails. That's the Roman standard equipment of flogging. Not one strand, nine strand, and on the strand are tied, I'm sorry I'm going to be a ghastly, but just to tell what's the extent, tie bones, pieces of bone, and even metal, so when, when the soldier were to flog him and pull it out, his flesh will tear. When they take Jesus to ask him to carry the cross, he has no strength left. Can you imagine the person who can say, peace be still to the storm? What's utter mess? The being which hold up the world in his hand, suspended the world in his hand, he created all the energies in the sun, could not pick up all the way the wooden cross he had to carry. And that's the extent of the tearing of the flesh, the brokenness of the body of Christ when he asked us, take, this is my body. And every time I say, it says, although it's broken, it is broken for you. It is in remembrance of me. And then he says, the same way he says, take the cup and say, this is the blood, my blood, symbolize my blood, which is poured out, poured out, not in the bloody mess of the, of the body up there, it's poured out because he died on the cross. He died on the cross. 
for us. The man who is the source of all living thing dying on the cross. The pain of death. This is the blood which is poured away. Now, I may seem to be wanting to bring you up to realize it emotionally because I feel that not only we use our mind to decipher what Christ has done, the legality of it or whatever, we have to fuse it with our emotion. Fuse it because this is our whole being. Fuse it together so we bow down and worship when we come to the sacrament. When we come to the sacrament. is to me, in the whole worship, the ultimate thing in my worship and that is the sacrament. That's the sacrament. Now we make some statements a few weeks ago of how we want people to realize not in children, even adult too. When we take the sacrament, we want us to know what we are doing. What we are doing. Now, although we do not, we leave it, if, if your child were to take that sacrament, I personally will hold it back. And if the child asks me why he cannot take the sacrament, it gives me an opportunity to say what is it about. I, but I will ask him, why do you want to take the sacrament in the first place? And let's see what he confessed. But if he confessed, he or she confessed the true meaning of it, then take it to us, the elders. And we will actually run a baptism class for him and for her. And if you see suitable, get baptized and join us in the fellowship of the sacrament. That is what we want. I want to say this. Don't rob your child from the wonderment of the sacrament, the awe of the sacrament. Don't rob your child from the first time having partaking the sacrament. I always remember that time. It is an awesome milestone in my life. Don't water it down. So that's why I feel and we feel that it's a very important part in our whole journey to Christ. <coughs> journey to Christ. Because Christ has paid His life and asked us to remember it that way when we take the sacrament. We have to remember it that way. So, through the death of Christ, we have reconciliation. We are now having a relationship with God Almighty. My goodness, we sang the song. I mean to say, I don't think we get it, actually. I don't personally don't get it. Sometimes when I'm, I'm with some famous people, I feel odd. Oh, I'm just walking next to a famous... Uh, now, I was quite odd with Tiger Wood one time, and I was walking, and he was walking there, and then two days later, they, 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 they pulled out all the scandal he had. Oh, he went down. But that time, when Tiger Wood was doing the what they call the Australian Open, or myself and my wife walking back to, oh, Tiger Wood, nah? oh. I feel a bit like his aura come over, you know, but sorry, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a golfing world. But, put this way, 
I do not know who in the world you find like really somebody you want to walk past it. It goes beyond. We are actually having a relationship with God. And He opened it through Christ. I can't hear the wonderment of it. <laughs> now, one of the things we get from our survey uh, is that actually our church is made of a little bit of aging population and 35% of us are like me, you know, that age group and above. And every time I, 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 I have a conversation with you, I love to find where you're coming from and, and how you come to know the Lord and really sit down. Like Jim is walking with the Lord for 80 years, Jim. 80 years. Wonderful. Yesterday was Norma's birthday. And she had walked with the Lord for 60 years. This story and, and how, how they come to know the Lord and walk with the Lord, it amazes me. It amazes me. It amazes me. But how good is it? How good is it? Now, if I will say that, you know, I have uh, this, this, this guitar is a very valuable guitar. More valuable than this guitar. I'm not sure which, okay? It means to me that you have to pay more for that guitar than this guitar. You know, commercial term. So the value of it is, uh, is better because you have to pay for it. So how good is the life, the blessed life in Jesus? It's found when it's written here in verse 3, Not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. Here Paul was saying that you know, the blessed life in relationship with God is so good that although we are suffering, you see we, su- we are suffering, we are really suffering in the prison and all that, we, we say that is nothing. It's worth sacrificing that to the blessedness we know that we have. That shows the contrast of how good is it. Now I have the opportunity, and then not talk about holiday. But we have an opportunity to actually go to Turkey last, well, some time ago, two months ago, since like yesterday. When Paul actually goes from maybe Antioch to Ephesus and all that kind of thing, we walk the road. It's the Roman road we walk. It is not really an easy road. Although the Romans make the road out of cobblestone, it goes up hills and down hills and up hills, and he walks. It could be a week journey walking. And what he have at the end? He have rejection, persecution, suffering. But he did it in joy because he knows that this life, he can give whatever else. He have the blessed life of a reconciled life with Christ and that is even much, much greater. Much, much greater than whatever you can give on earth. Whatever we can think of it. So we are actually reaching up all the way to the top. The best thing to happen to us is we have a relationship to the numero, numero uno, number one person 
which is God. And we are reaching up to the top. The most blessed thing for us is to have a blessed life in God. Nothing else compared. Chapter 5. Nothing else compared. So much though we actually can give up. Give up all this. Give up and lead a life as a sacrificial life for that. Uh, Andrew, do you manage to get that clip? No, okay, never mind. I was just thinking of showing a, a small, not a clip, but a picture of whom I met in the Philippines. But let me tell you, just bear with me, I bore you with a little bit of my story. Alright? It just shows the, 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 the tension. I became a Christian when I was, uh, I think, about 16 years old. 16 years old. And, and two years later, I had to face an important examination of my life. It's O-level. I don't know whether you are familiar. It's O-level, ordinary level, which I think uh, given by Cambridge University, ordinary level. So, But in Malaysia, if you don't pass the O-level, your education stops. You don't go to the next level, A-level. And then you have to look out for some job here and there. And, and, um, it's, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. While I'm sort of think I can handle most of the subject, there is one particular subject which I struggle with. You know, that is Malay language. Malay language. I'm not good at language. Okay, you you should you should know how I handle language. I'm not good at language. I can't understand. I can read. I can understand the language, but I can't understand the intricacy of the grammar, how the grammar play, all the rules and all that. It just go beyond my mind. So when I face this exam, and this is an important paper, the Malay, Malay language paper, I say, all right, I have one year to really buck up before the exam comes up. I bought newspaper to read it. I can understand what I read, but somehow, the, but I did manage to get, and take tuition too. My, my parents paid for the tuition. I went to tuition once a week to just to get me up to that. But every, week, every time there's exam, trial exam come out, I was just... Skimping between fail and just pass, fail and just pass. It's a desperation. Finally, I managed to get, you know, P9 is, uh, 9 is fail. P8 is just pass. P7, you know, it goes on that way. I managed to get to P7. I said, oh, okay, grip on to it. <coughs> so, two weeks before the exam, while standing, studying with four of my friends, they say, you know, the examination paper fall off the truck. Get real. So they have, I have it. So they take it and show, first person read it. What he, he thought is, pass to the next, my friend. And then my friend pass to the next, friend, they copy it down. And they pass to me, I said, nope. I said, now I didn't tell them I shouldn't do that because I'm a Christian, but something in my heart say, it's not right. Now my heart feels a bit more tender, I don't know for what reason, but it's not right. So I said, nope. I, I would not want to see that. I do not want to see that. And they look at me, you idiot. They know the level of my, 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 my language and, and they are better than me. I say, you idiot. They say, no, yeah, it's okay. You, you, you don't want to see that's your problem. I, I was thinking in my heart, say, that is a fake. That must be a fake. Just to comfort myself. Then when I went to the tuition, again, my tuition teacher said, hey, you know, all done. 
I have even write how you should answer the the paper. I said, now, the teacher doesn't say, when you fail, you're going to blame me. <laughs> I said, no, no, I cannot. I cannot. I don't know what, Chen, but it's a tough road to, 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 to go through. I will say, now it's a fake. So when I went to the exam hall, sat for the exam, and I tried and do it, I think I managed to get to the P7 level. So at least there's one level down, I can cushion there, I will pass. I think I will pass. When I went out from the exam hall, everybody was there, they were jumping up and down. Wow, that was the paper, that was the paper. My heart dropped. The reason is, they mark on a sliding scale. If more people actually do very well, my P7 slowly dropped to P10, I think, or 11 or 12. I'm dead in the water. And that was the first paper of the 20 paper I had to face on other subjects. And I went around and said, God, what have I done? You know, I was actually walking around hazy. Hazy. And I'm glad that God take me through the rest of the exam with certain amount of still some enthusiasm to do it. But I knew that failing the paper means fail the whole, everything is actually down the drain. And in Malaysia, you don't get a second chance. You have to pay, but normally those who take a second chance normally don't do well, and we, we actually sort of drift into... Two weeks before the final paper of the rest of the paper, a news came over the radio. We last time had radio, don't have TV yet, all right? But we listened to the radio very intensely and read the newspaper, which have quite reasonably good news. Listen to it. The Malaysian Ministry of Education declared the first paper. No. You say too much leakage. We have to receipt again. There must be a hundred thousand students taking that paper. I think I'm the only one who was happy. <laughs> I think all of them were groaning and the paper or you don't think they are groaning. I don't know how, but I believe in my heart that God had provided that for me. So the field is level again. The field is level again. And I got my P7 finally. So I managed to get through the next level. But the time was struggling. I don't know. We, we, we journey to, most of you have journeyed through the Lord many, many years. Many years. I'm sure you have a lot of story. I heard story from Brian about how he affected the life of a person and how he finally become a, a you know, full-time minister serving the Lord from darkness to light, even serving the Lord. I love that story. And you all have that story. Let me ask one thing from you. If you can actually take the details of your story nicely, Put it together nicely. Try it out with your friends and all that. This is your testimony of how the Lord walked with you. When you come to your birthday, after you blow the candle, if you have a family member around you, it's a good opportunity to share that. A testimony of how the Lord means for you. You have to break it down to maybe three or five minutes. But if you actually 
put it together nicely, compactly, interestingly, this will be the legacy of your legacy to your next generation. Maybe you can work on that. Maybe you can work on that. Praise be to the Lord. He has reconciled us. Give us a blessed life in true Jesus Christ. Amen. Now I just want to ask you to Jesus said, this is a house of prayer. We are in the house of prayer. Now I want you to think that, you know, if there are some members of your family who actually you want to long for and to pray for, that they who have left the Lord or actually now cool down, to now we want to pray for them. If you have such family, I do have such family. I want us to commit to stand up and pray for them. I want you to remember their name. I want you to think that pray for an opportunity, pray for your willingness and your bravery to actually, in next six months, to touch your life somehow with the love of Jesus Christ through word, actions or whatever because these people are important to us now I don't know you want to pray with me we please stand up and think of the members of your family who you want to actually pray for and I'll pray with you all Father, this is this is a relationship, a gift too good to be held in just our hand. The fight is not really far away, but just within our family, Lord. I thank you, dear Lord God, for those who stand in the gap. Stand up. And we pray, dear Lord God, for the next six months, our heart, our mind, and our prayer will be that, dear Lord God, you open the eyes of them. You open the eyes of them that they will be given opportunity with no distraction. that you are the Lord and only in you and for the rest of their family there is salvation there is welfare there is goodness we pray for this dear Lord God you know dear Lord God those who are standing dear Lord God and even those who are sitting in our heart we have names in our heart we have longing we pray dear Lord God this will be this will be happening dear Lord God
pray this, dear Lord, in Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you.